Hi, this is Dr. Valerie Simpson and Elder Daniel Simpson with Reset Forever Ministries podcast. And we want to welcome you and thank you for listening to the program. This week we are covering the Sunday School lesson from Union Gospel Press. It is lesson number 10. It will be found in the book 1 Samuel chapter 17 verses 40 through 51. The topic of the lesson is David versus Goliath. Now, I do want to say that when you think about David versus Goliath, you'll see this is a metaphor that people use sometime to speak of someone that is uh, less fortunate or less capable, an underdog, or someone that has a disadvantage. And it seems like that is the case. But as we study the lesson, we'll find out that indeed, David was not the underdog. He was by no means at a disadvantage. We will review that. Uh, Just to give a little bit of background, I do want to say that this is a um, culmination of um, events that was that starting with Saul. And as we learned in previous lessons, Saul had a tendency of being disobedient. And because of his disobedience, uh, he was rejected by God. But he was rejecting God in his disobedience. And because of that, God had determined, as we learned in the last lesson, that there was someone that was going to fill your place and you're not going to have a kingdom. It won't be established. Meaning that it will not be handed down to your sons and your son's sons. This could have been a monarchy that could have lasted for a while, but because of his disobedience, he disadvantaged himself, the people of Israel, his sons, and generations to come. After this series of um, messages that were brought to him by the prophet Samuel, he continues to do things the wrong way. So finally, God departs from Samuel, and we're gonna go over that. That's in chapter number 16. Um, uh, You'll find that uh, Saul or Samuel is mourning Saul's, uh, the decision to take Saul out of his place. And God tells him, you know, you have to stop mourning him. I have rejected him. And so you have to stop mourning him. So get your oil. Because as we learned the last time, God already had someone that was going to fill his place and he was going to be anointed. And it was time for that to happen. And uh, we'll find where God departs from him. And then when God departs from him, some things happen. And that is a lesson that is timeless. It is a lesson that we can hold on to this day. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, hand it over to Elder Simpson. And he is going to uh, lead us in the teaching of this week's lesson. All right. God bless you, Elder Simpson. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is a good lesson because in this lesson, God really set David up. He really put David on a stage Mm. to show his power and his ability that when he calls you, he will equip you for the battle at hand. Mm -hmm. As she stated in last week's lesson, this prophet Samuel had already spoke a word to King Saul that God had sought him a man after his own heart. And God has commanded him to be the captain over his people. Now we know that 
when Samuel spoke this, now we know that David was the one that he was talking about. Right. But when he gave that that prophetic word to King Saul, it seems when you study the scriptures a little closely that David wasn't even born yet. Yeah, now that's interesting because I'm finding that uh, there were a number of battles that they had had even since then. So I'm not sure how far Saul is into his his kingship or how far he's into his reign. But David is a young man. I do know that it was just two years into his reign. Out of 40 years of reigning, he was just two years into his reign when that prophecy was given by Saul, by Samuel, to Saul. But uh, now he's just a kid, pretty much. He's in his youth, right? So uh, obviously, just depending on the number of years, that helps us to understand that David wasn't even on the scene. Yes, we can do some math here that will kind of help us out. Um, we know that King Saul reigned for 40 years. Correct. And when he died in a battle, he was 70. Yeah. Because he was 30 years old when he was anointed king. Correct. So when David when David was anointed king by the elders of Judah, right. the scripture said he was 30 years old. Yeah, yeah. So if he's 30 and King Saul is 70 when he passed away... That means that there's a that there's a forty year difference. Forty so, year span there in between. Yes. Okay. So when King Saul was anointed king, he was thirty. Right. So forty take away thirty, and it's a ten year. So it's a ten oh, year. Oh, that makes sense. Yes, it's a ten year gap there that when Saul had prophesied mm -hmm. that God had found a man after his own heart. Okay. So he was going to reign 40 years, and he was already at the... Right now, in this lesson, we're at the end of his reign. No, in this getting lesson... To the, getting to the end of, the, of his reign? No, this Saul got a little more a little more space time to, to rule. Of his 40 years. But David... Okay. But God set this up to bring David on the stage. Okay, okay. To take him out from following the sheep. <clears throat> to now show him the anointing, or the power of his anointed on his life, to go up up against Goliath. Now he's getting he's gonna get anointed. We're gonna we don't wanna get ahead of our skis here, but uh he's gonna get anointed, but he's gonna go back out and he's gonna do some more shepherding still, right, before he actually takes the throne because actually Saul has some time to reign. Yes. Okay. Because in this lesson it seems like David, according to the scriptures and even the the giant says he's a youth. Yeah. And we yeah. know we looked up youth in the scriptures and it says an individual, a young person between 12 and 16 years old. Okay, so he's in his adolescence. He's in his adolescence. He didn't even have his beard yet. He's just smooth face and handsome and, you know. Ruddy little. Ruddy little fella. Yeah. That's his anointing had pushed him into the stage. So you see how God set this thing up? Because what the Philistines was actually trying to do, mm -hmm. they was trying to do what Egypt did. Mm -hmm. Egypt had enslaved God's people in mm -hmm. Egypt. Mm -hmm. But the Philistines was trying to enslave God's people right there in the promised land. And they were doing a pretty big, pretty good job of it because at this time, the Philistines was oppressing Israel. They was their chief adversary. And they needed a champion. They needed somebody who can go out 
and handle these battles and get the victory. And, and so, yeah, and so now here we know what the, we can look it up in scripture and find out what the um, requirements are or the characteristics of a champion. Um, but this is before a lot of those things had happened. So, but he was already determined by God. That that's the foreknowledge of God. I already know what this man is going to do and what this child is going to do. But there were some things that he already did that set him up as a champion and as a warrior of God. And that was, you know, his praise and his worship and his devotion toward God. And we find, we learn that that was Saul's downfall. He didn't have relationship with God. He didn't have a connection. He didn't seek after God in God's order. And he didn't pursue God. So because of that, he did a lot of things that caused him to turn God, uh, cause him to, uh, cause God to eventually turn against him. And I'm thinking about the eighth chapter of Psalms when he was laying out in, in under the stars, his old God. You know, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. And he begins to look up and says, I see the stars and the moon which thou hast ordained. He was always awestruck at the creation and the wonders of God. And he communed and supped with God. <clears throat> so even from his youth, in his time of shepherding, this heart was being submitted and tender. And God said, he's after my heart. So at this point, he had already did some things that uh, show can I can I add one more thing to that yes. um, there's two different setups here um, we see one king that rose and fell you know that was when uh, Samson had to you know we saw how how Samson had came he rose and he fell but he ended in victory because he gave his life at the end then we find another man that is being put in place that had a bad background and now we're seeing that he is going through his stages of kingship and the things that he's doing. It's good to pay attention to that because you see where people go wrong and they were, where they make decisions that cause unnecessary suffering. But then you're seeing another one now coming on the scene. Predestinated. Predestinated because of the kind of a heart that he had and the obedience and the love and affection he had toward God. Well, God prepared David like you said, he was predestinated. Mm -hmm. And we know what predestination means. It's God's eternal plan. This is what God planned for David's life was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not only to be king, but your kingdom cannot be great not unless you handle this giant. Mm -hmm. And you have to get on the battlefield and you have to fight. And sometimes your anointing would push you mm -hmm. into, into being a warrior. Mm -hmm. And everybody who say, you know, you've been predestinated. God has something for you to do. He anointed you to do it. And he's not going to fail you. But a lot of times we get fear because we see a situation and we're not walking by faith. We're walking by sight. And when we do that, then God cannot give us the final victory that we need. <laughs> so David was predestinated for this. And like you said earlier, God has prepared his heart. He already prophesied through to the prophet Samuel, I got a man after my own heart. I has prepared him, even before, even before he gave Samuel gave this this prophecy to King Saul. David was not even born yet. Right, right. So that means he was predestined. 
And all of us are predestined mm-hmm. to be kings and queens in the kingdom of God. And you know, I liked what you said about that eternal plan, predestination, eternal plan, and not just a plan for right here and right now. I think we're going to learn a little bit about people that all their plans are wrapped up in the here and now. And, um, for the what you can see and experience right now. And I think sometimes even, even the people of God get caught up in the here and now so much until they forget about there is an eternal plan. You know, there's a whole nother world for us to enter into. And um, that eternal plan, you know, you accomplish with many great trials and tribulations. You get there. The scripture says, these are they that have come through great tribulations. So, I kind of get ahead of myself, but... No, that's okay, because we are... We got to remember that we, we, we're on a journey. We're just sojourning through here. That's right. Which means that this is not our permanent home. we just going through here to get to our eternal destination. Yes, that's the, the prize. The kingdom of God. Yeah. You know, that's the prize. That's the prize. You got to keep it. Eternal life. And... We want God to be well pleased with us. Well pleased. Matter of fact, that's what David's name means. His name means to be well beloved. Wow. Well beloved. So God loved him even before he came here. Because? Because he knew he would fulfill his plan, his mission. And he wouldn't abort it. Now you got to remember, David was a man just like us. Mm-hmm. With human, human. Subject to like passion, yeah, as James same. said. Mm-hmm. But... He stayed the course mm. in his relationship with God and his walk with God and his anointing and his assignment to be a king and to be a righteous king. Isn't the Corinthians that said the love of God constrains us? That love of God, it keeps you from doing certain things and crossing certain boundaries. And and doing things you're not supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, it keeps you. Amen. You can really get into a rabbit hole, but that's good. Yes, and then the scriptures also say he foreknew. For new speaks of God, awareness of actual and future events. Okay. He foreknew that David had to face Goliath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not Saul. Saul was in his in his tent, mm-hmm. trembling. He wouldn't even go to the battlefield. Now, isn't that also foreordained? He had ordained David already to be the one. He was the one to bring this great threat down he was foreordained and so yeah that's a good way to look at it you're ordained for a victory and so some of the things that come before you like like David had come before Goliath he was ordained to go before Goliath but likewise he was ordained to get the victory and so some of the things that we have to go through our Goliaths and our giants we are ordained to go through it matter of fact the mm -hmm. enemy even knows that you're supposed to get the victory over him. That's what it, that's what it told Jesus. We know who you are. <laughs> Why torment us before our time? Right, right. Give us, a, give us, a, give us the time that we have a lot. You know, let us do what we're gonna do while we have because <laughs> we know our time is running out. Take it. The enemies can see the anointing that's in your life, mm-hmm. and he know that anointing that you have is to destroy. His kingdom. Mm. Whatever little community you live in, whatever mm-hmm. school or job you're on or whatever 
situation that you in, your anointing. Wow. It's supposed to bring victory. And people are supposed to be set free. Right, right, right. And it has to be done by God. These are things these are things that have to go above and beyond human ability so that God can get the glory. He predestinated you. He mm-hmm. foreknew you in the situation. Yes. And that there will be giants and giants do fall. You gotta remember David is not the only one who slew giants. Right. There's other men that was uh, in the scriptures who slew giants. Joshua slew a giant. Mm-hmm. You know, Moses had messed with some giants on the way to the promised land. Mm-hmm. So, giants do fall. Yes, they do. You know, you said that um, the devil knows. And uh, you said the devil knows, and, and then we're going to take a little quick quick break. Um, the devil knows that you are supposed to uh, get the victory. He already knows. Um, he recognizes it. Now, here is the thing that I, I, I try to keep in the forefront of my mind, and I pray that the Bible um, uh, be illuminated, This be illuminated in our hearts in this dark day, that our recognition is to be in the eyes of God, because if it's in the eyes of God, the underworld knows it. Now, I thought about the seven sons of Siva, and they have recognition among people. You know, you may have recognition among people, but don't seek to be just elevated and recognized and affirmed by people. You want the affirmation of God, because when it comes down to it, it's either going to be the powers of God or it's going to be powers of darkness that are going to that are going to win. Well, in the seven sons of Siva, you know, they rose up and they used all the words. They had the presentation. They had the pomp and the circumstance. They had all of, you know, the acceptance. But when it comes down to the seven sons of Siva, hell did not know them. They were not recognized. And for that, they paid the price. So, um, I don't know if you want to say anything else on that before we go into our break. If not, we're going to just take a a little 30-second break here. Um. 